Episode 4 of the Dogs of War podcast is brought to you by Angry Browns fans, the greatest Browns-specific meme Instagram account ever conceived by man. Follow us on Instagram at Angry Browns fans. Buckle up, let's roll. 18 seconds left, he's got the snap. Back to pass, up in the pocket, shooting it long and deep, and it's picked off! They got it! Terrence Mitchell's got it! And it's all over here now! They can't take it away anymore! 11 seconds left to go! Mitchell takes the football, he's going to run it down to the best fans, the most patient fans in the league, right to the dog pound, up and in he goes! Mics are hot. Mic check. Chickity check. Dog check. Dog check. Uh, welcome back to the fourth episode of the Dogs of War podcast. I am your host, Raleigh, with my co-host, Kevin. Episode four, El Cuatro. El Cuatro in the We're house. Here. Eh? We're living. We're moving. Uh, how was your weekend, Kevin? It was good. I'm not going to lie. That, having a Browns game on a Friday night is bizarre. Yeah, that... Uh... I agree it's a preseason game, but... That threw me off. That at the same time as the Indians game. I mean, hell of an excuse to go to the bar at 6 o'clock on a Friday. Yeah, right. But uh, not not a big fan of Friday Night Browns games, I don't think. Yeah, it, uh, it, did, it, it felt weird a little bit. Throws you off. I was watching from a bar in Milwaukee. I was at a bachelor party. That was... How was Milwaukee? Do you dude, like Milwaukee? That city is very underrated great time they love their booze and their cheese curds their cheese curds are unbelievable the people are so nice and their accents are hysterical they're, they're the most unintentionally funny people of all time did you drink any milwaukee's best i had all that beast light i had <laughs> i didn't have any of i didn't tame the beast this weekend bummer i had a lot of miller lights uh yeah i think it was probably 75 percent miller light out there um booze was the other 25 percent bachelor broke a glass table in the hotel lobby at 2 a.m that'll run a little tab up for you yeah and they build my room good <laughs> like how did you find us good like, you can just imagine them seeing us stumbling into our rooms from their cameras like trying to be sneaky and escape it it's only set they only hit us with 75 bucks though like it could have been a lot worse that's unbelievable yeah so small victories dude 75 for a glass table in a hotel? I know. I, I, at the they time, forgot a zero? Yeah. <laughs> like the, the bachelor was absolutely hammered. I'm like, he is going to go to jail for this. They're going to kick us out, and then we're all going to jail. I was, it was nerve wracking. Then, yeah, $75. That's, how do you want paid? Cash. Does that mean you're going to do it again the next time? I don't know if I'm going to go to Milwaukee ever again for a long time anyway. That's I need fair. to. It takes a lot out of you. So but, we're both going to game one. Oh, we're both going to game one. I got my tickets this week. I'm ecstatic. I have my tickets. It's in the works. Invite <laughs> us to your tailgates. Yeah, absolutely. If you see a guy wearing a Miles Garrett jersey that's really, really handsome, give that guy a beer because it's probably me. And the much better looking one in the Baker Mayfield jersey did next you, to him. That'll be me. When did you get a Baker jersey? Christmas. Christmas. And I got really, really scared and really nervous. I actually kind of scolded my mom. Sorry, mom. Love you. Because the last jersey she got me was Josh Gordon. Yeah. Uh, I got. Like, my... the, o- the only safe jersey 
if, if of recent is obviously Joe Thomas. Yeah, that's Joe Thomas. That one's now in stone. And, he, and you should still buy a Joe Thomas You're jersey out of respect forever. to the man. Yeah. I'm 100% with you. I Browns jerseys the past 20 years have been risky investments to say the least and i was I, I will be damned if i buy a baker jersey and the trend of our quarterback trend continues so i didn't want to jinx it but you did your mom did she rolled the dice and uh, it paid off fortunately i think he's around for a long time unlike great segue by me our friends over in indianapolis oh dude i i thought it was a fake account on twitter when i saw shefty tweet i thought the TV was wrong. I, I didn't believe any of it at first. I thought it was a joke. For anyone that's been under a rock the past few days, we're talking about Andrew Luck abruptly retiring from the NFL at age 29 last night. And that leaked during the middle of their preseason game. Yeah. And the fans were just booing him. He was on the sideline when they found out that he was retiring. Their starting franchise quarterback at age 29 retiring. And they were booing him as he was walking off the field. Before we, before we continue this conversation, and we will, I want to say that my heart goes out to Indianapolis fans. I could not imagine waiting the entire year for this season to start and then getting hit with that bomb two weeks before the season. Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, sincerely, condolences to you guys. Hang in there. You have a good franchise, and you'll get the next Baker Mayfield knockoff. But... Seriously, sorry. That being said, I, I thought they, I like you said, I thought they were going to be Super Bowl contenders. I mean, at least other they than were, the Browns. Paper, other sure. than the Browns. Like, they were going to come in probably second place. But, uh, yeah, that was, I, I, good luck to Andrew Luck. Uh, so annoying, his name, last name is Luck. Just sounds like you're dropping a pun every time unintentionally. Um, yeah, man, I hope he's all right. He, I heard his interview today, and it was along the lines of this is a thought process. The past four years have been hell for him, and it's constantly being hurt and getting re-hurt once you get out of rehab. And mental health, physical health, it's important. He said he couldn't go through that again. He said after 2016, he made a promise to himself, if I ever have to go through something like this again, I'm done. Yeah. And so apparently they started talking about this two weeks ago. Yep. So... Yeah, I mean, it's a bummer. You, you hate to see that. He's 29. I mean, at the same time, he's made over, what, $100 million? So yeah. he'll be all right. But I can't imagine, believe it or not, I can't imagine what it's like being a pro athlete. But when all you do is just rehab and rehab and rehab, and like he said, the progress just wasn't happening with that, it, it wears you down. Yeah, dude, It I, just destroys you. I, I get – I'll wake up with a cramp, and I'll feel bad about myself, or I'll feel bad for myself. Like, I couldn't imagine just getting hit by gladiators every Sunday. Oh, brutal. What Speaking you, of which, he did not have, really ever have an offensive line. I know. Ever. Uh, Let's talk about our team. Yeah. Sorry, Indy. Thoughts and prayers. Hang in there. It gets better. Well, I want to talk about my team now. Our team. Cleveland's team. The greatest. America's fran- team. The greatest franchise in the entire universe. Pretty that much. team. Friday night's game against Tampa Bay. I got to come out and just be... Up, honest, brutally honest with you, with the listeners. Towards the end of the game, I was cheering for Tampa Bay to win. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm with you on that. We said that episode two, yeah. was it? I did not want to go through. We do not want to go 4-0. Absolutely not. What happened last time we were undefeated preseason champ? Yep. 
we Same lost with Detroit when Detroit went 0 16. They were also four and on the preseason that year, I believe. Yeah. So no, thank you. The threat has been neutralized. I, I think Baker looked good. He we didn't score any touchdowns, but he threw some great balls. The highlight was the defense. Our pass rush, oh. Olivier is a scary, scary man. They're all very scary. But those guys, that pass rush, Olivier running back there, it looks like he was knocking over blow-up dolls. Yeah. They looked. He was throwing those Tampa Bay guys around like rag dolls. Yeah. Jameis got sacked five times. What are they going to do? Double-team Garrett, free up Richardson? Like, you can't account for that much nastiness. Opposing quarterbacks are going to have a lot to worry about. With our D-line, with our pass rush, it's going to be fun to watch. People will fear coming to Cleveland. Five sacks is wild. Didn't watch much of the second half. Honestly, I was just counting down the minutes of the first half to get Baker and crew out of there without getting hurt. Yep. No one got hurt this game, thank God. I am so sick of the preseason, and I think – I guess this is what it's like to have a real team with real players that you care about now is that you're actually – I've never had this feeling where, like, I don't – there's so many people I don't want to get hurt out there. Yeah. Not that I wanted people to get hurt before, obviously, but <laughs> I'm so horrified of these preseason games now. Yeah, we, we have assets that need protected. Thank God, Freddie said, not a chance in hell a single starter will play next week in this preseason finale. So we're good until week one. We made it. of which though on a, on a more somber note i do we are a cleveland browns podcast but i do need to show some love and respect to my man jose ramirez who got hurt last night fractured a bone in his hand had surgery this morning and is now probably out for the season i've been miserable all day i love you jay ram get better please yeah he's a stud hang in there does he speak english not very well but it's great when he does Mejorate pronto let's get better soon in spanish according to google translate Thank you. Mejorate pronto. Pronto, yeah. Nailed it. Before we jump into the MuniLab payphone, one of our favorite segments, of course, we want to give a shout-out to our rap artist who came from the last MuniLab payphone. He's been in the studio. He has been in the studio. He is grinding. The guy works 60 hours a week. He is putting time into making hip-hop lines for our podcast. That's a great... That is a dream come true. Looking forward to that. Shout out to our man. Can't wait to hear what you come up with. But that being said, you know what time it is. Muni La Payphone. Leave a message. Leave a message. What's up, Dogs of War? This is Brian in Ohio, and I just got done booking arrangements in Miami to watch the Super Bowl. Why, you may ask? Well, because after watching that defensive line of the Cleveland Browns basically eat that offensive line and tear through it like a hot knife through butter, I am convinced we are winning the Super Bowl this year, and I am all in. I am completely on board with this team, not just competing, not just showing up, but taking over the NFL and winning the whole damn thing this year. Go Browns. See you in Miami. 
Hey guys, love the podcast. I've been reading some uh, false flag media operation things about the Browns. I don't believe any of them. I believe you guys. If anybody leaks anything to you, please leak it back onto us, the fans. We deserve it. Thank you, God bless. Go Browns. As always, just a great turnoff from the Muni Lot payphone. Cannot wait to see what those get into when the season actually starts. Alrighty, should we do the second interview? Second interview slash new segment for the podcast. All right. I think you guys are going to like this a lot. We'll be talking to people from all over the country, maybe all over the world, Browns fans. All in over their the universe. Different habitats outside of Cleveland. Let's get into it. For our second ever Dogs of War podcast guest, we are bringing on my best friend since kindergarten, Pat Muccio. You know him from the songs that he makes every week singing about the Browns. He is very vocally talented, musically Quite talented. Quite the crooner. Quite the what? Quite the crooner. What's a crooner? A singer. Oh, yes, quite the crooner. Apparently that's a word. Pat, how the hell are you? Hey there, buddy. How are you? How are things out in sunny Santa Barbara? Uh, life is good, you know, just uh, going to the beach, jumping in the waves, sipping on a little margarita. Ah, it's great out here, man. Pat is going to be running point on a new segment with the Dogs of War podcast, and it is called dogs across america i am the only browns fan in santa barbara send help i say hey, i'm a browns fan and then they like look at me like what are the browns people exist like i thought <laughs> like oh my god like are you it's okay like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like you're a gnome or something you should become yeah. like the you should be the only member of like the santa barbara browns backer uh pat before we begin can you give us the rundown of your santa barbara browns experience like, what do you do for games? Just kind of aimlessly wandered around looking for bars. I did a research online. There was nothing. and uh, <laughs> Nothing even close to a Browns backer for, like, bar? a sweet Steelers bar. Are <laughs> <laughs> you, you serious? Yeah, which That's makes horrible. no sense. And so I just, you know, I like most of us turned to the Reddit streams on my computer and just accepted, accepted defeat. Um what but this year, call it, though? Barbara Browns? Browns and Barbara? Barbara, <laughs> Barbara Brown? Barbara Backers? Barbara Backers? Barbara's yeah. Backers. It's like so Browns, what's <laughs> happening out here. <laughs> <laughs> Spot on. That's, uh, I, I hope the days of using Browns as an, a verb or an adjective, whatever, and describing something terrible that's happened, like, oh, that was the most Cleveland thing ever. I think those days are behind us. But we got to remember our roots. That was Kevin I'm, knocking on wood. Yeah, I'm. I'm still gonna do it because I feel like it gives us good karma for some reason. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, we we suck. Like, and then look around. Like, <laughs> all right, Pat, tell us a little bit about your first guest. So this is my buddy Jamin Daria. He uh, is originally from Elyria, Ohio, and he lives in Manhattan, uh, right in the Big Apple. So I figured perfect place to start off and he's got some pretty hilarious stories just about being a browns fan in new york city buckle up for the first dogs across america segment dogs across america the dogs like you and me let's go browns let's go browns the dogs like you and me so my first stop is out here in the big apple uh i'm with Lifelong Browns fan and uh, Cleveland native, Jamin Daria. What's up, everybody? Jamin, uh, you are a New York City resident, and you live in Manhattan. Is that right? That is correct, right in the heart of the city. 
not too nice. far away from Grand Central. So, what part of Cleveland are you from? I was I was uh, raised in Elyria, the west side of Cleveland. Um, that's where I'm from. That's where I grew up. That's where I went to to school, and you know, kind of kind of was cursed with with being being a Cleveland fan, Cleveland sports fan from day one. <laughs> being a Browns fan in New York, you know, specifically Manhattan. Uh, tell the dogs of war out there, you know, what's it like being a Browns fan in New York? Are you out on a, on the island alone? Like, what's what's up? Are you do you have loyal friends there? What's up? You know what? You know, it's it's really interesting. When I first first moved to New York, one of the one of the first things I did was like, all right, I got to find like a bar that that they play Cleveland sports at specifically for the Browns. You know, I just wanted to find a a Browns bar. Um, you know, they have these things in different cities called backers bar. And, they, they actually have a huge following in New York. So it's, to my surprise, uh, as big as the city of New York is and as small as the city of Cleveland is, I was able to find a loyal following that every Sunday you go to the bar and, and, and you'd see a bunch of Browns fans there just, just rooting out the Browns, no matter how bad the year was or how good the year was, which obviously it's been more, more bad than good uh, right. for as long as I've been in New York. But yeah, no, I never felt like an island. You know, I have some buddies who live out in New York that I went to school with back in Ohio. Uh, we go every Sunday. Um, you know, the Browns bar is relocated a couple times within New York. Uh, but everywhere they go, we follow. So that's that's how it is. Do you guys keep getting kicked out of the bars? Like, what? why are you – why does it keep you know, moving it's, around? It's, it's it's funny because the first bar that I went – the first Browns backers bar that I that I, we used to go to was in the upper – Upper East Side, all the way up in the 90s. Um, it was called Manny's on 90, not Manny's on 92nd. And, uh, you know, like just the typical, like, it just felt like you were in Cleveland, you know, like it, it was very run down, you know. I think every, they had wooden tables and foldable chairs. And I think even one time nice. they ran out of beer. It was like, it was a very, very Cleveland type of, you know, it's this is a, sh- a shitty season we were having. And did everyone just beer. start throwing the bottles at the bartender? Yeah, exactly. It was pretty much <laughs> what it was. And I you know it was, one, it was one of the first years that I was here and, you know, obviously didn't have a good year uh, in the season. And I guess just because of uh, uh, foot traffic and, and lack thereof, actually, uh, they had to close down that bar. Give us a story. You know, what's, what's a good story, like a high point of being a Browns fan in New York? Uh, I, I, I have – of a million stories, but I would say the high point uh, was probably this, this, this past season, actually, um, when Thursday night football, you know, we had Tyrod Taylor starting, playing against the Jets, you know, prime time, bar was packed. I think at halftime we were down by like 13 points or some shit like that, and uh, Tyrod Taylor had gotten injured, and that's when Baker Mayfield came in, and, uh, you know, and, and as history, as history, shows that we won that game, which was the first game we had won in like 360-something days. And I, I just remember celebrating like we won the Super Bowl. I think I was out till 4 a.m. that night. And uh, I don't know if uh, you recall, but there was a, this whole thing on, on Barstool Sports, and it, was, it went viral. It was like a fridge of beer that was locked up. And they said, we're going to open this fridge yeah. and you know, hand out these beers for everybody to drink once the uh, Browns actually win their, their first game. And I remember they opened up that fridge, they tossed out the beers. Nobody wasn't even drinking it. They were just throwing it around, tossing around, throwing it on each other. It was just like, it, it was wild. You would have thought we won the Super Bowl that day. Um, so one, so of that the, was, one of those that fridges was, was actually where you were? Yeah, yeah. Brother Jimmy's on, uh, in Murray Hill. And they unlocked that fridge and handed out the beer. And I just remember the next thing, we just started tossing them everywhere. That place was going nuts. 
you know, like the, uh, one really resonates with me a lot. This is during our, you know, one of our shittier, shittier seasons. And this was up during uh, the very first uh, Browns bar that I used to go that I was mentioning earlier. Man, he's on 92nd. I remember, I think we were playing the Titans or some shit like that. And uh, one of the Titans players got injured. And, you know, you know, as respectful Browns fans, no one was cheering the injury or anything like that. It would look pretty bad. And it was like dead quiet, dead silent in the bar. Um, and it was probably about like, 60 70 people in this at this point at the bar and I remember it was dead silent there was this older gentleman that was sitting at a table with his probably his wife and his wife's sister they're probably like in their late 50s to like mid 60s type of deal and dead quiet you can hear a pin drop this guy just stands up and yells Puss! it was one of the most funniest things Ooh. it was just like I, I couldn't believe that that word came out of a, a of an older gentleman's mouth with his wife and his wife's sister sitting at the same table. <laughs> it was nuts. All um, right. So that was definitely another story that's going to resonate with me from, you know, my backer's experience here in New York. No, that's funny. And you asked for a funny story. It doesn't get funnier than an old man yelling the P word. You know what I mean? All right, man. Well, keep holding it down in the Big Apple. Appreciate you coming on. I uh, appreciate that, Pat. Thanks for Go having Browns. me on. Go Browns. Go right. Browns, baby. That was awesome. Shout out again to Muccio for coming on. He's gonna, it's gonna be, he's gonna crush it. It's gonna be awesome. Looking, really looking forward to hearing from Browns fans again all over the country, hearing how they celebrate and watch games every Sunday when they're not in Cleveland. So it's gonna be cool. I'm really looking forward to people, you know, volunteering to call in and give us these stories. So keep them coming. And just when you thought you had enough fantasy football content from this podcast, from all your websites, from all your blogs, we got one more surprise feature coming up. Connor's coming back on to give you the Ricky Bobby last-minute best fantasy draft picks and advice you'll find out there. Let's go. All right, Dogs of War, I am back with our fantasy guru, Mr. Adam Connor. Connor, what's up? What's going on? I know a lot of you listeners are about to start your fantasy drafts. I just drafted, and after listening to Connor, he brought up a lot of good points. You can get Jarvis Landry in the sixth. I got him in the seventh. I plan on winning it all. This week, we are doing the Ricky Bobby draft, the most high-risk, high-reward draft picks for each round. Connor, take it away. All right. <laughs> this here is the Ricky Bobby draft. If you ain't first, you're last. The most high-risk, high-reward picks for each round. So note beforehand, I would take one or two of these guys in your draft. Definitely do not take all of them. You will probably get last place, but you hit on these, you know, one or two that you take straight to the championship, baby. So here we go. First round, most high risk, high reward, Ezekiel Elliott. So we all know he's holding out. In my view, he has no leverage. He's got two years left on his deal. He's got off field issues. There's no reason for the Cowboys to pay him. And not to mention his backup, Tony Pollard is balling out. So I think Zeke will be back by week one. Totally comfortable taking him at pick five. Just make sure you grab Pollard in the later rounds. Round two, we've got Todd Gurley. So we know he's got an arthritic knee, so they're going to limit his workload this year. But the thing about that is, is he had 85% of the Rams snaps last year, which is an outrageous number. So even if he only takes 60% this year, he's still a top 10 running back on a high-powered offense. Love him in the middle to late second round. Next up, Third round, Antonio Brown. If you've been watching Hard Knocks, you know that he has frostbitten feet and this bizarre helmet issue where 
He just wants to wear his 10-year-old helmet and get a bunch of concussions. Right. Two of the most absurd issues <laughs> any pro athlete can have, in my opinion. Completely bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> weird, weird year for Antonio Brown. But he still was best receiver in the league last year and totally worth the risk in the third round. Fourth round, we got Melvin Gordon. Uh, also another holdout. He seems to be a little more committed to his holdout than Zeke. Willing to play some hardball. I think he may actually miss a few games, but when all is said and done, he's got to come back at some point for this year to count towards free agency so he can hit the market sooner. So he'll be back at some point. And when he does, he'll be a top eight back. So take him in the fourth. Just make sure you grab Austin Eckler or Justin Jackson in rounds nine or 13, respectively. Uh, fifth round, we got a Cleveland favorite, Josh Gordon. <laughs> we all know that he can't stay off the weed. Loves that marijuana. As we all know. But um, while he played last year, quietly put up top 20 numbers. And by all accounts, he's all systems go. So worth the risk in the fifth round as a top 20 receiver if he plays all season. Unless you're mean, you're just going to stay away from him out of spite. Correct. Yeah. If you hate the guy, you hate the guy. I don't hate the guy. I'm just, I was let down literally seven drug tests in a row. My heart hurts from the Josh Gordon experience for sure. And then, uh, you know, sixth round here, we've got AJ Green. So he's got an ankle issue. He's going to miss, they're saying, probably the first three weeks of the season. I would say in the sixth round, you can afford to take that risk. So if he comes back on that timeline, he's one of my favorites because he can absolutely dominate that flex spot for your team for the whole back half of the season, back three quarters of the season, and it's worth the risk in the sixth round. So there's your Ricky Bobby draft. Good luck, everybody. Remember, if you ain't first, you're last. Short episode this week. As we said in the beginning, we're not here to talk for three hours. We're in, we're out, 20 to 30 minutes. We'll see you next week for another interview, another episode. We're almost there. Week one awaits. Good night, Cleveland. I can't see